The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Be Present. I'm Diane Ray, and I'm so glad you guys could tune in for the show today. So I'm a big animal lover. I don't know if you know this about me, but um, I've had cats and dogs my whole life. I, I love animals. Um, I'm the one that when there's a movie and if there's something wrong with the animal, then it'll ruin the whole thing for me. Yes, I'm that. I'm that person. <laughs> you know, the one the one that cries about the animal in the movie. So that's one of the reasons I'm really excited to have my guest today, Danielle McKinnon. And how would you like to talk to your pets and really have a better understanding of their world? Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, my guest today is going to help us with this. She's an intuitive coach. And she's worked to help people connect with animals for nearly 20 years. She's an intuitive and a coach and an author. So she's the author of Animal Lessons, Discovering Your Spiritual Connection with Animals. She's also an esteemed faculty member at the Omega Institute and the Kripalu Center. And she has her own school, the Danielle McKinnon School of Animal Communication, which has helped to make the field of animal communication more accessible than ever. And you can find her online at daniellemckinnon.com to see what she's all about. So I'm happy that she's going to spend some time with us today. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm psyched. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk about animals. I, I love animals. Like I was saying, you know, I'm that one person that, you know, gets upset no, no. if there's something wrong with the animal You're in the movie. <laughs> There's a I'm lot of them, right? I'm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not I can't yeah. I can't be the only one, you know. No way. So <laughs> being able to have the ability to communicate better with animals. I mean, I have two cats, you know, I'm always trying to communicate with them. I, I think we talk all the time, but maybe I'm not really understanding them as deeply as I could. So that's why I'm glad that you're here. You can kind of give us some tips and help us to have a better relationship with the animals in our lives. And I just wanted you to tell the listeners a little bit about how, you know, how does one even get started to do this kind of work, to be an animal communicator? Because as I was reading through the book and your bio, you know, you got your MBA, you worked in the corporate world for years before doing this. So I just wanted you to share a little bit about your journey so people can find out how you ended up in this realm. Oh, my journey. Okay. I can share my journey. I, um, it's not a straight journey. <laughs> Right, and, and isn't <laughs> yeah, always is it yeah. ever a straight forward yeah. journey? No. So, um, growing up, I was like you. I still am like you. I still have a thing for animals. I still love animals. But growing up, I I really really loved animals, and I um, 
you know, I had birds and dogs and guinea pigs and hamsters and caterpillars. I mean, I just I was all over animals. I grew up um, in kind of a difficult situation with a lot of abuse going on, and so animals were kind of my uh, safe haven because I could always trust them. You know, you know what an animal is thinking, whether you're psychic or not, you know. So I I felt a connection to animals. I didn't know that that connection extended beyond my love for animals, um, but I would know what the animals were thinking, what they were saying, what they were wanting. Um, I definitely grew up in a family that was like, no, you don't know that. <laughs> That's not uh, normal, so just you know, to kind of chill out and, and be normal. So I also grew up trying to not connect in any more than with my love. As I grew older, I continued to kind of struggle and, and have um, challenges and believing in myself and, and liking myself and fitting in. And um, But I... I didn't really know what to do with that. I thought, oh, everybody just must feel weird and different, and and um, or only I feel that way, and everybody else feels normal, and I'm never normal. So it was, it was a very challenging thing for me, and it wasn't until um, my dog got sick and a friend told me to go visit a pet psychic that pretty much everything changed for me. I was I was working in the corporate world, I was in marketing, I have my MBA like I was just going down a totally different path but I wasn't happy. And I still felt weird and different and on the side I was exploring meditation and things like that but really hadn't found any kind of avenue that just made me go, oh, this is my thing. So I took my dog to see the um the pet psychic and it was that session with that pet psychic out in the parking lot of the hotel because, of course, I had to bring my dog, my husband, get the guy out of the event he was in, bring him out to talk to us. Um, and it was, so it was in that parking lot that this man connected with my dog, Bella, and, I mean, just immediately changed my life. As soon as he said what he said, which was he, he mentioned that um, Bella was saying that my husband and I had been fighting about our mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, or my mother actually, and we had been fighting about my mother-in-law and that, that her anxiety over that is why she ate corn cobs, which is why she was sick. As soon as he said that, I went, oh, my God, what am I doing in the corporate world doing project management of marketing events? I just like all that just paled in comparison to... I could have a business and I could help people and I could help animals and this would be amazing and I would love it. So it was kind of in that moment that I realized I needed to go a different direction in my life. It took um, it took quite a few years for me to let go of that MBA salary because <laughs> it's a scary thing to do and to move over into doing the work of my dreams, which is working with animals and people, but I eventually did do it, however, with a lot of, um, let's call it resistance. I tend to resist big change. Even when I want it, I resist it. I kept getting messages, hey, uh, from my guides and from spirit, let's let's uh, let's move you over into full-time work in this animal stuff, and I got message after message after message that said, it's time to get out of the part-time work and go into full-time and leave your job. And and it, um, finally, the universe was like, 
well, we're done waiting. And so um, I got laid off from my job, and I, I basically chose that moment to say, all right, then I guess I'll do this stuff full time. I guess that's the message. <laughs> right. That was the that's door that opened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you're sharing that because it's so common. I think I hear from so many people that really want to do something else and their heart is really calling them to go in a certain direction. And then for whatever reason, like you said, you want, you know, you need to keep food on the table and the paycheck coming in and you can't just say, okay, I'm quitting my job and I'm doing this, you know, and, and it's kind of a process and it takes time, but it's great to see that you're a testament to that it's possible. You know, you can really do what you love and create a career and, and have the life that you really want rather than being stuck in something that is just, you know, sucking the soul right out of you. So yeah, I, I love that you can share that story. Yeah, I think that I definitely, that is, that is a, my story definitely illustrates that. It also illustrates that things can be t- really tough when you let fear be your guide. <laughs> because I kept Absolutely. resisting those messages, right? I was afraid about the money, afraid about the money. Um, and and then eventually when I got laid off from my job, since I'd been resisting so long, it wasn't really easy to just stop working the MBA stuff and move right into trying to make my part-time be full-time. I mean, if I, if I hadn't let fear guide me there, I could have done it a little bit more smoothly, I think. <laughs> right. But it did work. But it- <laughs> Yeah, here you are. And I think 20 years later, right? So you've been doing yes. this for a while now. Yes, yes, I have. And and it's evolved. And the funny thing is in this, it's very different from being in the corporate world for me, because in the corporate world, it's you do this job, you do this thing, and you do this thing again and again and again until you completely move to the next level and do the next thing. And in this work, you know, I'm constantly looking at where are the animals taking me, where is the work going, what do people need right now. And so my work that I'm offering with the animals is constantly evolving and changing. And it doesn't matter that I'm intuitive because I'm an animal communicator, but I'm also a plain psychic as well. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter what I think, what I think is happening. It doesn't matter how psychic I am. I can't predict where it's going. I just have to follow where the animals are taking me. Right, and be open to that. And I really, I related to that when you shared in the book as I was reading in Animal Lessons that on on the one hand, though, when you're in the corporate world, like I, I worked a, a job job. I mean, I'm still working a job, but it's a little different where I had to overcome the fear of the shift of working from home. And you said, you know, you like that structure. And I real and I realized that I kind of did too. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like there's, there's a comfort and a sameness to having somewhere to go every day and knowing what's going to happen. Um, you know, even though it may, it yeah. may become a, a grind. So yeah, I, t- I totally understand that, you know, jumping over that fear. To that. To do. Even yeah. <laughs> though I work from home, I have set up my routine, it's, <laughs> which sometimes I need to get out of my routine, but what I'm actually doing in that routine keeps changing on me. <laughs> right. So I'm getting some people rolling in. in. No, I, I, I can see I can see that. I'm getting some uh, people rolling in some calls, and we might oh. go to a couple of people coming in soon here. Uh, the number is 816-251-3555 if you'd like to join the conversation. But I just wanted to find out um, from you too, Danielle, before we do go to calls. So, um, I mean, there is a difference. Be- is there a difference between a pet psychic and animal communicator? Because if people have questions for you today, I want you to be able to 
answer them. Mm. What okay. so what would be the best way that you'd be comfortable in in talking with people today? Um, well, let me explain that first, answer that first thing you said, a difference between a pet psychic and animal communicator. Yes. Um, really, there isn't. Uh, I, I feel like pet psychic is a term that I use when I'm not sure that the person's going to understand what I say when I say animal communicator. <laughs> but okay. there is a difference between, I don't know what to call it, regular animal communication and the type of animal communication that I do that helped me create the animal lessons book. So in regular animal communication, when you connect intuitively with an animal, you're connecting to find out, um, to talk to the animal about, you know, does your foot hurt? Do you need more food? How do you like Sally? That kind of thing. Very day-to-day 3D stuff. You know, what's going on with your stomach? In the work that I do, I connect in that way, but I also connect at, at on the other level, which I call the soul level, and that's what the Animal Lessons book is based on, which is where the animal is working to teach the person a lesson. And so um, in terms of questions, if somebody wants me to um, talk to their animal, that's totally fine. I prefer to go toward that deeper space with the animal because that's really kind of like my spot. That's what I love. That's what makes my heart sing. Um, So if somebody has a question, a general question, totally cool. We can answer that. Or if they have a question about their animal, um, it'll probably go to that deeper level. Is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, because I just want to give people some guidelines if when we get some calls rolling in, what would be the best way to ask a question where where they'll feel like they're really being helped. Like what's the best way that you could help them and how they should frame that, Um, you know, how they should frame the question. If it's a general question, they can do it any way they want. If it's a question specifically about their animal, um, it's kind of good not to give me a lot of information so that I can connect with the animal kind of um, without any preconceived notions. So just telling me the name of the animal and the kind of animal and if the animal's alive or not, and then um, giving me the question they have about that animal. That's, that's pretty much the just keeping it really clean like that makes it easier for me. The more I know, the harder it is. Okay, that's interesting. So you can actually really connect. Funny. Sorry? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so you can actually connect with animals on on the other side as well, because you said whether the animal's living or not. Yes, I I can connect. There is no difference in connecting with an animal that's alive or connecting with an animal that's crossed over. Um, The only thing I would ask about that is that somebody doesn't call and say, can you connect with my dog from when I was four years old? (laughs) You know, it's more relevant and easier to do on a radio show because it takes a little bit of effort to do that. So if people can kind of stay more in the past few years, that that would work easier. But, um, yeah, you can connect with animals that have crossed over. They're totally happy to talk. They don't usually, and I should say this as well, animals don't usually want to talk about um, – their life before they were rescued. A lot of people want me to connect in, well, what was he doing before? What was it? You know, they don't usually want to go there. We can try, but they don't often want to go there. Or, And they also don't usually want to um, talk about exactly what it was that, that 
killed them if they've if they've died. You know, some people will say, well, I don't know what it was. What was it? Can you tell me the the medical cause or what really happened? Often animals aren't going to go down that road either. They're very full of unconditional love and they they want to help people move forward. So those are kind of like holding on to the past things so they don't tend to go there. Does that make sense? No, totally. That makes sense. Okay. And that okay. that's so interesting. And, I, and I'm curious to hear how you do that with, with one of the callers. We have someone holding, but I wanted to ask you a couple of other questions first from sure. the book, because I thought the book was really interesting in that. And you even say in the beginning, you're going to think this is one thing, and it's really not. And that's kind of what it was where I read the book. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, Danielle's going to show me how I can, I can talk to my cat. You know, I have two right. cats, like I said, George and Gracie. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't exactly what the book is about, because it's kind of <laughs> discovering what the animal can teach you and yeah. and I thought that that angle was was an interesting thing because I didn't think of it that way like what what am I really going to learn from from George you know or what can I learn yeah. from Gracie but there really is a lot right we that we can learn from them but people don't realize it. They think, well, I want to know how I can make him more comfortable. I want to know if he loves me. I want to know if he's happy, that kind of thing. But what's really going on is the animal is interacting in our human lives in order to help us. It's almost like they they put us in certain situations. They bring up certain feelings with us that help us grow ourselves as people. And when we're growing and evolving our souls, it actually makes the lives of the animals better as well. So they kind of um, like go a roundabout way to creating a better life for themselves by helping us be our best selves by learning these lessons they came here to teach us. That and that's sense? what I thought. Yes, like that's what I thought was so interesting when I read the book, because in, in the animals that have come into my life, they've like, I've not that there's any, I don't, I want to preface, not that there's anything wrong with getting animals from, you know, a reputable breed or anything like that. But like all of my animals have kind of like showed up, you know, mm -hmm. like one, one animal that I had uh, for 15 years, this male cat named Tony, that I moved with him out here to California when I was working years ago. Um, first starting out in radio, I was doing the overnight shift at this rock station in uh, in Fort Lauderdale, and this cat would show up, you know, every night at midnight, and I we became like we became friends, and I looked for him every night, and then he was hanging around the radio station, and then finally people were like, take this cat home already because he's hanging <laughs> around, and so I took him home, and like he showed up, you know, and he was just so supportive of me, and and that's been kind of the the norm with the other animals in my life too, like they've they've shown up or I, I I went to uh you know the humane society and got these two that I have now George and Gracie but my other animals have always been strays and I thought that that was interesting how some it was there some reason why that that cat showed up that Tony so, showed up over and over those those nights <laughs> I mean he's hungry obviously reason. right <laughs> well, no, he wanted well, more food. than that so um this is what the animals have told me in my travels and connections with them, that they are, it's, it's kind of like pre-arranged. So before you came into this body and before those animals came into their bodies, you and the animals got together and said, all right, Diane, you're working on learning this thing 
in your life. And so I'm, I'm being an animal right now. I'm going to meet up with you in this lifetime, and I'm going to help you learn that soul lesson. So what has to happen then is when everybody gets embodied, somehow you have to meet up with this animal. Now, animals are much better at seeking us out than we are at seeking them out because we re, we double you know we censor ourselves we worry we let all this stuff get in the way animals are like hey I'm gonna show up on her doorstep ooh I'm gonna become hers when her mother passes and now I get to go to her so they do it they every match that you have with an animal is um, was supposed to happen. There are no accidental meetings. It doesn't mean, though, that every lesson that you learn from an animal is huge and big. Some animals are, are coming in and they're, they're supporting the bigger lesson you're learning with Gracie, for example. But the chipmunk in your backyard is only supporting the lesson you're learning with Gracie rather than doing a whole thing and teaching you a whole other lesson. Did that make sense what I said? Got it. Yes. All no, right. to- totally made sense. Because okay. it seemed with each of the of the pets that, you know, the two I have now, the the other pets in, in my life, that they did show up kind of at the right time or at certain times. And I never really made that connection until I read the book. So I thought, oh, wow, this is so cool. I have to ask you about that. So I wanted to ask you too. Well, wait, some of the one mis- more thing on that. Okay. Yes. The other thing on that is that um, they show up at the right time, and you know it when you're like, oh, my God, I love this animal, and this is amazing, and it feels like the animal chose me. But sometimes it's the right time when you're going, oh, my God, what do I do? I can't handle this animal. But that's part of how you're learning the lesson is by having an overwhelm or a challenge with the animal. So it's easy to believe that this is kind of pre- predetermined when it's all awesome, but it's also predetermined when it's not. (laughs) Yes. And we might hear that from some of our callers, if anyone has a problem with their pet that they can't really understand what's going on, there is a lesson in that. And and you talk about that in the book. And I hope people pick this up, Animal Lessons, discovering Discovering Your Spiritual Connection with Animals. So I really enjoyed reading this. So I wanted to ask you too, some of the misconceptions about animals' inner worlds, I think, um, People really don't believe that they feel the emotions that they feel like uh, maybe an animal feels jealousy. Do they? Do they feel depression? And, and you say yes, right? They do feel those things. They do feel all, they have all the whole range of emotions that we have. However, they um, are more deliberate in their emotions. So if we have this 3D level, where it's the day-to-day life, it's food, it's survival, that kind of thing. And then we've got this deeper level, which is the big lesson and the big picture and stuff like that. Those two pieces have to kind of work together. So if I connect with an animal and that, that I, let's say I connect with a cat and the cat says, yeah, I'm jealous of the other cat because the other cat gets all the attention. Um, that's, I'm going to connect in and that cat's going to say that at that 3D level. But it's not really that helpful. It's like, yeah, I thought she was jealous. There we go. <laughs> but if we can go deeper and look at it, the cat's going to say something like, well, I, I am showing this jealousy in order to help her learn how to have balance in her life and not just 
you know, treat the squeaky wheel or, or whatever, the, whatever the thing is, there's always more to it. So they understand, and, and this is a crazy thing because we as humans, we don't understand this in ourselves, but animals understand how to work with their 3D existence to evolve everybody forward, to get their lessons learned, to to raise everybody's vibration. So an animal is willing to be jealous or to seem sad or to um, feel, uh, you know, pent up and then act aggressive. They're willing to do all of that at the 3D level because at the bigger picture level, they know that that behavior is going to give the humans involved an opportunity to move forward. So they have this access to all these emotions, but they know what they're doing with their emotions. Huh, that is so interesting. You know, I wish I would have had this book years ago with the other two cats that I had, the one that I was telling you about from the radio station, and I had another cat because those two I kind of merged together, and they never got along like the old, old mm. married couple because the one female cat I had for a long time, that was the first time I saw an animal jealous. Like she would look at me with kind of one closed eye if I was cuddling the other cat, and she really couldn't stand it. <laughs> you know? Like I could, I could sense that part, but right. the fact that you're saying there could have been another lesson that I was missing. I'm like, yeah. oh, missed opportunity. So now with the two <laughs> no. that I have, um, I'm looking at them deeper, you know? Yeah, there we go. And even though that happened in the past, you can still go through the steps in the book and just apply them to the past to understand what that lesson was. Because it's still, the uh -huh. part of the steps in the book are, okay, when the animal does this thing, so looking at you with one eye, you know, giving you that, the stink eye look, how does it make you feel, right? And so it just, you can remember that and still do it. It doesn't have to be present day. Ha, huh, so interesting. I okay, know. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> I, I love that. So the other thing I wanted to ask you too, with the way animals process information, and we're just we're going to take a break um, in about two minutes and then go to some calls. But this is something I'm curious about. So do animals understand time like we do? Does time is time uh. the same kind, same kind of construct? So they understand it in the 3D way? As in, I can connect with an animal and say, you know, she's going to be gone half an hour. I can say, I'm going to be gone half an hour. I can say that verbally, I, you know, and they get it. It To them, minutes don't matter. It's not really about it being a half an hour. It's about intention. Um, so the whole thing, a lot of people go for the... If you're worried when you're leaving the house about your dog, send them a picture in your head of um, the time on the clock when you'll be home and, and send them a picture of a sunset or, you know, all of this stuff. But um, really, all I do is I'll, I say, I'll be back later. <laughs> and the reason for that is our animals are incredibly connected to us. And so if I'm spending my time worrying about my dog and is he going to understand that I'm going to be gone eight hours and what do I do? You know, if I now I'm leaving the house in a weakened, a less strong and powerful energetic state, my dog's not going to care that I'm saying sending the picture of the sun and the, and the clock. My dog's going to be like, oh, my God, she's leaving and she doesn't right. seem that sure of herself. That's well, hold on one second. <laughs> we're going to just take a short break. Hang on. And we're going to go to our callers and let them ask questions. We'll be right back.
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a Unity minister, and she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, Honey, you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Look who's making a difference in the world. It's the New Thought Walden Award honorees. Profiled in Unity Magazine, the September-October edition, Unity has joined with its New Thought partners to honor 27 leaders serving in the areas of spirituality, healing, interfaith understanding, caring for the earth, and social activism. These are people you need to know about. Pick up Unity Magazine or go online to WaldenAwards.com. Grief can bring you down, but it doesn't have to take over your life. From Grieving to Believing is a transformational weekend taking place November 16th to the 18th at Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. Join grief expert David Kessler, spiritual medium Maureen Hancock, and Paul Denniston, the creator of Grief Yoga in the beautiful Berkshires of Western Massachusetts. This unique event will take you into deep soul healing, addressing body, mind, and spirit. Reserve your space today at kripalu.org. Search Grieving to Believing. Recovery from addiction can be a lonely experience. Get help and support with Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, Reverend Dan Beckett, and Spirit of Recovery every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Welcome to a place where spirituality and recovery meet. Each week you'll hear stories and topics that are important to the recovery community. Tune in for some lively conversation and join in with your questions and comments. Nearly 21 million people struggle with addiction in America. Reach out and join us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Diane Ray. 
talking with my guest, animal communicator, Danielle McKinnon, and we've been chatting about her work and her book, Animal Lessons, Discovering Your Spiritual Connection with Animals. So I'm so glad you could tune in today. And if you'd like to join the conversation and you had a question for Danielle, phone lines are open, 816-251-3555. Just give us a call. And I wanted Danielle to, to be able to show all the listeners, you know, how this actually works with a reading and a communication with an animal. So let's go to a caller and grab Louisa. And she is on line two, and I will grab her here. Hey, Hi, Louisa, baby. how are you? Hi, Good. thanks Hi, for joining us today for the show. Hi, Diane, how are you? I'm good. And you're on with Danielle. Danielle, can you hear Louisa? I can very well. Hi, Danielle. Yay. I cannot wait to read your book. As soon as I get off, I'm ordering it on Amazon. Awesome. My question, my question, um, I have two little Yorkies. I've had them for 11 years. Um, I have learned so much about them and, and myself, and I'm very grateful for that. My question to you is not about my animals. It is, um, and this will probably, it, you. I may have to email you off the air because I don't, I don't know how to put this. Um, my cousin, um, something very tragic happened in the family, and the only one that saw anything was the dog. And she had asked me last week, do you think it's possible that if I were to obtain a dog psychic, they would tell me how my daughter and her two kids were murdered. I know that's a very loaded question. I know it's kind of shocking. But if you could put yourself in her shoes being so desperate. And I listened earlier, and I know you were talking about medical and how they don't want to. And, you know, before she goes anywhere to see anybody, you know, I, I, that's a very tragic position for any dog. Mm -hmm. That was my question because I don't want her to go. I, I, you know, I, I believe in what you do 100%. Mm -hmm. I hired a um, behavioral specialist for animals to teach me why they were doing certain things that weren't bad. I just wanted to understand. So what you do, I think, is fantastic. That's why I can't wait to read your book. But is there any insight that you can give to me on if she should pursue that? She now ha is is the new mom of the dog. She traveled all the way across okay, the wait, country. Wait, wait. So so um, it's it's a really hard thing for an animal communicator to do as a person. And it's also something that it would depend on the particular dog whether or not the dog wanted to talk about it. So, yeah. um, you know, the dog may or may not, because like I was saying before, they live in the present moment, and this is right. how they help us grow, because we as humans, we concentrate on the past, we remember the past, we're stuck with the past a lot of the time. And so... Um, I do have um, practitioners that I've trained to do these readings, but I would suggest that um, 
I don't, I don't get the sense that this dog would want to go into here is what happened. But I do get the sense that the dog would love to talk about life with them and life yeah. now and things like that. And that is a no-brainer. Absolutely have her go to my, my website to find a practitioner and, and, and get that kind of reading. But Good. this is the big deal. This is the big deal. Do okay. you tell – this is your sister, your niece? This is my first cousin, and first cousin. it was okay, wait, her. Wait, don't, yep. don't give me more information. So Okay, you got it. And it's just easier the less I know because I can stay in an intuitive space. Sure. When she approaches the practitioner and says, I would like a reading for this dog, with this dog, be sure to have her not tell them that, the right. murder the murder happened because as a human being we get attached and then we get worried and we get nervous and it doesn't matter how psychic I am and how connected to that animal I have to be neutral so yeah. it's not like hold it back she can tell them later in the reading but in the beginning it's about the connection and how is life with them and how is life now stuff like that and then it could be successful but if the goal is to find out how the murder happened that will not I don't feel like that will happen that's not where yeah. I live. And and I'm I'm glad those were the answers that I was hoping you would say. Okay. You know, cuz I can't I I can't empathize with the position she's in because I'm a puppy mom. I'm not a human yeah. mom. Right. And <laughs> as soon as I knew you were on the show, I went, "Oh my goodness, she's the person to ask on if she does do that, how does she go about it?" Yeah, so we have to listen to the animals and remember that animals are helping us grow and move forward and learn. So if she can approach it like that versus a let's find out this mystery, then she's mm-hmm. going to actually be able to get a great a great reading. Um, okay, I'm going to cheat. I will ask one thing about my two fantastic, adorable Yorkies. <laughs> Go ahead. (laughs) I'm curious now. I love Yorkies. They're so cute. They really are a dream come true, and I do know why they came into my life uh, a year apart. Um, It was too obvious. And this, you know, this is not a joke question, but I have a fear. Do they talk to each other about me? (laughs) I love that. I don't know why I want to use this word, but I get the feeling of they kibitz a lot back out. Like okay. It's very, okay. They're very buddy, buddy, pal, pal. You know what I mean? They're together. They're, right. They're very together, and they also plan. Um, and I'm not. Do, I'm not going to them. I'm not talking to them. I'm not doing animal communication. I'm getting this psychically. They plan little escapades to keep. Yes, them. they do. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Then I do have the smartest Yorkies on the planet. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you so much, I, Diane. I could not wait for you to get her on the air, and I love the show. I'm going to get your book right now. It's on Amazon, right? Yes, it's on Amazon. Yes, yes. Thank you. Okay, good. Is, do you have an audio book? It's on audio book, too, yes. Oh, good. Then I'm, that's what I'll do. It'll make it awesome. easier for me. You awesome. made my day, and that really did help. And I can safely call my cousin tonight and, and let her know what I learned. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. you thanks love. for having me, guys. Well, thanks Bye. for joining the show, Louisa. I love it. That's You're so welcome. awesome. Bye, guys. How, Thank you. How funny that uh, the dogs... <laughs> 
the docs commits together. I, know. <laughs> I can, I can totally see that. I'm convinced my cats are talking about my, about me. Like, what's up with this? Because they've been right. they've been uh, <laughs> complaining about their food. I think together. Like, what is this? We used to love fancy feasts. Now we hate it. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know oh what's going God, on. But I'm, I'm convinced. Cats, no, you're giving your cats fancy feasts. <laughs> yes. No. Is that not? That's not good. No wonder they're complaining. No. Right? They don't like it. No. No, I would say that's hilarious. A little, a little more investigating there. <laughs> yes, I know. We'll probably have to talk off the air about that. I I know. I'm probably not getting it's them the, uh, the right of stuff. Cat food. Is it? I mean, I know the wet yeah. food is is so much better, and I got them off dry, so they've been strictly wet wet food kitties. Yeah, um, just, but just yeah, look at those ingredients. I, Okay, I'll I'll move forward on <laughs> that like one because <laughs> that's I'm, I'm thinking that's why they're they're not liking it. Um, well, let's go to Juliana. I'd love to get her on and see what her question is. Uh, she's on line three, and Juliana, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks Hi. for holding. You're on with Danielle. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Um, well, I had so many questions. I have four animals, and I don't know which which one is the best that would serve me better. I have two that die and two that are alive. But so give yeah. me their names. Just list off the four names. Just the names. Okay, one. It's Choco. He he passed away no, just, a few months ago. Just list the names. Don't give me the other information. Oh. Just say the four names. Um, uh, the other cat is Mickey. Uh huh. He's alive. The other one is Nina, and she's alive. Uh-huh. And uh, the other is Hachi, which is alive, but I wanted to know if it was a reincarnation of my old dog, dog that so died. So we're going with Mickey. So okay. Mickey is a, that's who stands out to me. Mickey's a cat? Yes. Okay. And Mickey's a he? Yes. Okay. So what I'm going to do is just take a moment and I'm going to I'm going to connect with Mickey and just share a little bit of what comes through that Mickey shows me wants us to know and then you can ask your question about Mickey. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So um Mickey comes through to me a little quiet, but not shy quiet, just a quieter, more of a, an observational type personality. I see him looking, approaching. He has a very soft energy to him. Make sense? Mm, uh, well, um, when I guess. <laughs> him, so, well, think of it this way. I'm new to him. So does it make sense with me being new to him that he would be a little bit a little bit over there, a little bit away, just kind of watching, checking me out, not afraid, not worried, just more like this isn't a cat who's like, hello, Danielle, I love you, and I'm all over you right now. He's, he's a little uh, slower to do that. Does that help make it make sense? Uh, a little bit. I, I would think a little bit, yeah. Well, when you say a little bit, it makes it sound like you're just saying that <laughs> – but the answer is well, really no. <laughs> um, well, well, I see him. He's very open, very kind of like curious. And when there's mm -hmm. people, he's the one that's more uh, into well, let me see what's going on and kind of grouchy or uh, he thinks he's the king of the house. So, so all right, wait, wait, wait. So, so I get the thing that you're saying about the curious because that's how he's appearing to me. He's uh, he's watching. He's checking it out. He's not afraid. He's not worried. This is not a shy thing. He's just getting the lay of the land. 
Um, okay. Does that make it make more sense? This isn't a shy thing. I, there's no shyness here. Right. But yeah. he's not he's not all over me like a dog might be. He's checking no, out. No, no. Yeah, you're right. And he has a walk to him that is um I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily mess with him because he knows who he is and he knows that he um kind of runs the show. Uh, his head's up and his chest is out, and it's not mean or anything. He just—it's just, just kind of like he's in charge. Make sense? Yes, that's yeah, that's true. Okay, and the more that I connect with him, the more he's showing me he's in charge. He's—he's kind of like he came and he looked around. And he's like, let me check this out. What's going on? All right, I got this. And now he's kind of—I um, feel like if I lived with him, he would be telling me what to do and would be very clear about what I need to be doing to make him happy and serve him. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> very. Okay. Yeah. And what's your question for him? Well, since he wants to run the show, um, he's yeah, very actually, bossy. I'm sorry. He's getting. He's giving me a little bit more information. Um, so I know you want to ask your question, but I just got to give you this. Yeah. He's showing me that um, everybody else in the house is uh, beneath him, and that he kind of feels like he should have the best of everything. He should be first. He should be like he. I mean, it's really like he's he's making it clear that he's the king, um, and mm. everybody else are his subjects, and that's animals and humans. You are all his subjects. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's kind of like he, yeah, he's. Okay. <laughs> I wanted so to know now, why. Is, your question, yeah. <laughs> oh, why is he peeing uh, everywhere, on the sofas, on the beds, uh, on? So yeah, that is that I didn't I didn't realize that that's why he was having me interrupt you before to say this thing because that is. He, telling us he's the king and he's in charge of everything and it should all be his and he gets everything first is his answer to your question, <laughs> which is oh. he is claiming it all as his. So, um, and here's the interesting thing: what he shows me that when you when you pee, when he pees and he does mm. these things, you're not leaning toward anger. You're frustrated, but more than frustrated, it's making you feel badly. It's making you feel like you're doing something wrong. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying when he's showing me mm. this in you? Yeah. You're, you're kind of like taking it personally, like you're you're not you're not doing it right. You're not doing it well. Make sense? Right. Okay. Yeah, because I, I keep. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah? No, no, say what you're I keep thinking that uh well maybe uh I'm I'm switching his his cat litter or I'm no, no, putting no, no, in this no. or my husband <laughs> gets to upset do with it. Cat litter. <laughs> it has to do with so if we look at the three D level, he's claiming everything in the house as his. He's saying, I want this, I want that. He's basically a little bit I'm not, I, this isn't mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but he's kind of like a little bit bullying you by being such the king in the house and demanding all of these demands. What he's giving you is the opportunity to stand up for yourself and to say, hey, oh. I know. How would I do that? <laughs> I was going to keep it's, telling me to hit him with a, with a newspaper. I'm like, no. It's 
it's not about it's it, that's not going to do it because this is about how you hold yourself. So the way you're okay. holding yourself right now is the more he pees, the more he owns the house, the smaller you get in energy. The more you go, oh, no, I'm doing something wrong, oh, no. And so he shows me he's big, huge cat, and you're a little tiny person. So what you actually have to do is start owning the house more. This is what he's asking you to do. And the less you do this, the more peeing he's going to do and the more he's going to um, take over and make big demands. So you actually get to make your energy big and you get to say no. We're, we aren't, no, I am not doing that for you. You get to say no to him. And just simply saying no instead of meeting every single possible need you've ever thought he would ever have, this is you standing up for yourself and rebalancing things, and this is what he wants, wants you to learn how to do. Does that make sense? So, so whenever he's going to do that, I just firmly make, say no. Yep, and you make it, but it's you. that was not a firm one. So you said no with your voice. You need to say it with your energy as well. So almost imagine yourself like puffing up like the Stay Puff Marshall Man, like boom, I'm big. Like puff your energy out and then say no. Does that make sense? So saying no is not the same as saying no and meaning it and feeling it in your body. This is what he wants to teach you to do. When you learn to do this with him, you're going to be able to take this lesson and apply it elsewhere in your life where you also have trouble saying no. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. That makes so a lot of sense. So he's giving you the start. <laughs> right. Wow. That's a big lesson. <laughs> yeah, they now don't I... work on little ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. That makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, I, I can see how it, it would uh, change other areas in my life <laughs> doing that. Yes. yes, but just start with him. Don't start anywhere else. Just start with him. He's giving you the opportunity, and he's making it doable. And as you get better at it, he will pee less and less and less in the wrong spot. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for helping me with the question. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, Juliana. What a great question. And I'm so glad you, that you could talk with her about that because it perfectly illustrates, you know, what we were just talking about with the lessons that they can teach us. So Juliana really needed to be able to, to speak up, right? Yes. For herself as yes. well. And and that's yes. what um, what Mickey was was teaching her. Yeah. It was interesting how he came in curious. He was like checking me out. Well, what, you know, how am I going to do this? And then he just went right into it. No, I own the show here. <laughs> and, and it was really interesting that he got very big in his energy, even when I was speaking with him, to show Juliana exactly what he meant. That's so cool. And I love the example of intention, right? The power of intention. Mm -hmm. So important. Um, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote a whole book about it, <laughs> the power of intention. Yeah. <laughs> and I notice it with, with my husband, when he says something to George, like if George, my, my male cat, obviously jumps on the table, he'll say, George, get down. His intention is like, George, get down. And he has no, you know, question. Right. He'll jump off. Now, when I right. do it and I'm like, George, you know, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> Come here, little guy. Uh -huh. oh, where the intention is a lot different than get down. He's like, what? Oh, you're telling me, forget it. I'm not going to listen to you. So yeah. that's, that's interesting where the, the, the feeling that you need to convey and, and you say that in the book as well is, is really important. The intention is really important. 
the feeling, the intention, the words, when they all match, it, everything works with the animal. When you think you're being strong, but really you feel bad for being strong, the animal's going to be like, hey, no, <laughs> I know what's really going on here. And they're just going to up the ante on whatever thing you don't want them to do. And I love the connection that you have. So when you were able to connect with Mickey, with Juliana's cat, I mean, do you just kind of, how do you do that? <laughs> Tell me, tell me your secret. <laughs> How do you I do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I have to take the course, right? So, no, no, no. but you feel you that, a- right? You really, you really feel the, um, the energy of the cat. Yeah. Give me like the nut, the nutshell version, I guess. I mean, the, the quickie is my intention is that I'm going to connect with the cat. And so I do, but I also trust that. A lot of when I'm teaching animal communication is me helping people trust that it's just through intention. Like people will ask, I'm worried, I I have some psychic information, I think I got it from an animal, but I don't know if I got it from the right animal. You know, they wonder, can they misdial when they connect into an animal? And you can't misdial because it's purely based on intention. I have my students, they when they're working with me, they can connect with an animal. Obviously, you give the name or you give a picture. That's, that's a very clear way. But also, just by, um, I can tell my students, and I'll often do this, okay, guys, connect with the animal that I am intending you to connect with. So connect with the animal in my head. And purely through their intention to connect to that animal that I'm intending them to connect with, they're able to do it. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's amazing. I don't, I can't. And then they can all do it. It's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing. Wow. So (laughs) I have just a few minutes, um, although I could just continue talking forever, but I have another caller. Let's see if we can help Jesse really quick okay. here. So let's go to Jesse on line two. So I've got about maybe three minutes. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for calling in. Hello, ladies. How are you today? Thanks for taking my call. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Oh, that's so great. I'm expecting Jesse and I get this male Jesse. Yeah. So I was expecting a, oh, <laughs> a you, female Jesse. You, you, so you thought I was going to be a lady. <laughs> I did, because I, I can't tell with the way he spelled the name. That's funny. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you could call in. So share yeah, your question uh, with us. Well, I have, I have a cat, a young cat. It's a, a tabby cross Siamese and less than one year old. I've had it for a while now, and I would like to get some more communication uh, going with the cat. I feel like we're not really on the same page. He kind of is sort of in the lead he sort of is like dominant in the house like i'll have my i'll have my dinner and i'll make myself a nice dinner like a pork tenderloin with some potatoes and whatnot and then and then he'll kind of he'll come up to the table and he'll kind of get me get get out of here you know and he'll push me off and he'll just start eating my dinner and uh yeah yeah. (laughs) what's the cat's name uh, the cat's name's Bruna. Bru- Bru- Bruna. Bruna, yeah, Bruna. Bruna. And okay. so he, what and he'll so do though connect, is, wait, 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 I want. Don't you want me to connect with your cat and tell you? <laughs> well, I mean, I would love that. Do you want me to right, put him on the phone? Or? <laughs> right. So when I connect with Bruna, um, he comes through and does look like. Um, 
and it, it doesn't mean that he is necessarily like this in real life, but he's beefy, he's strong, he's powerful. Um, yeah. What it actually looks like from how he's showing me, and does he have a really, really short fur as well? He, yeah, he's short. He's very okay. short-haired yeah, and very yeah, like big and short. strong and muscular for yeah, sure. Yeah, totally very looks like stronger, that in my head. Maybe stronger than me. <laughs> I don't know if he... <laughs> so, <laughs> What he what he's showing me is that he's being very strong because he's modeling this for you. And this is one of the ways that animals will help us learn lessons is they will they will sometimes they'll mirror um they'll basically model something. Sometimes they'll mirror something that they want us to change. But what he's doing is he's leading with the behavior that he wants you to learn how to have more of in your life. He shows me that you now you come through this is through his eyes. I'm not going directly to you psychically. I'm going to him that you have hey. your shoulders are down a lot and your head is yeah. down a lot and you're Always. not yeah so he, what he wants you to do this is really interesting and it's cool because i can do it really quick he wants you to practice walking the way he walks into a room so on all modeling, fours no <laughs> close though the, the energy and the feel of how he is so he walks in a room his head's out his chest is up he's big he's kind of like yeah i'm here he wants you to practice walking into a room with that feeling because this okay. is what he wants you to learn to bring into your life does that make sense well it does oh, make jesse sense, hold on we've hard. just got uh, i've just got about 30 gonna seconds say, I'm, gonna go, I'm i'm gonna go now because i was just gonna say it's it's hard to get my shoulders up and my head up you know when I, my cat has stolen my girlfriend and is uh now they're gonna they're running away and moving to a different city together mm. oh no yeah. there, there's a deeper question there jesse yeah. um maybe you could ha call I back think, when i have danielle I on they again might, I, they might be they might be intimate oh no <laughs> let me um let me put you on hold here unfortunately we got to end on that note oh no danielle i'm so glad you could join me for the show today this was so fun thank to talk you. with you and i hope people check out the book animal lessons jesse thanks for the call and everybody else who joined us today and thanks for joining me on my show be present the diane ray show i'll talk to you next week Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.